Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. Well, I really hope that over the last few weeks uh, in this series that we've been doing on prayer, I trust that you've caught up with things if you haven't been able to register or that now that you're here you might want to go back and listen to some of the others because I just trust that you've been challenged and maybe stretched a little bit in your prayer life that if your prayer life was already great that it's just gone to a whole new level I would pray that uh, perhaps you've been better at not only talking to God but you've been better at listening to what God has to say in and to your life as we've been exploring and talking through this topic of uh, talking with God over the last few weeks. Because sometimes when people hear the word prayer, when they hear that word and, and, and you talk about prayer, sometimes they feel guilty. Sometimes it's for not praying enough. Sometimes it's without enough faith. Or it might be that they've had an answer that they've been looking for, a prayer that they would really like to pray, but maybe haven't even prayed it. Maybe it's for a marriage to be put back together. Maybe it is that you have a child who's a long way off from God and you'd love them to be brought home to his presence. Maybe you want deliverance, some kind of chronic sickness or sadness or illness that you're facing. Maybe you just want healing in your body or your spirit or you're needing direction. And you find that if you're really honest with yourself, we don't pray about these things so much as we should. Not as often as we'd like to anyway. And if that's the case, I wanna tell you, you're in the right place today. You really are in the right place today. We're gonna spend this whole message really just talking about one essential truth that I want you to lay hold of today. Just one truth about God that you might be able to take with you into your prayer life and into your life in general. See, every person of deep prayer, every intercessor I've ever known has been marked by this conviction I wanna talk to you about today. On the other hand, people who do not share this conviction often find prayer something of a struggle, an uphill struggle for them. Our world, the culture that we live in, it tends to erode this conviction, but the people of God who who know Him really well, they are gripped by this one thing, by this one conviction. And it's what gives them the sense of security or willingness to risk. The Apostle Paul had this conviction in spades. And it can be expressed in a single phrase and we find it in a beautiful prayer that's written to us in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter three, starting at verse 14. This is what Paul writes to the people of Ephesus. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. 
I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp that how high, how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know his, this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. And there's the conviction. Did you pick up on it? Did you get it? Such a rich and deep passage, and I know we've just come out of a series on Ephesians earlier uh, in the second half of this year, but I couldn't help but go back into there as I preached this third message on talking with God, because some passages are just so beautiful, they're just so rich, they're just so deep, it feels like you, you just don't or shouldn't say anything after reading them, but I'm going to risk that and keep going. Here's the conviction, if you didn't pick up onto it. Now to him who is able. Now to him who is able. God is able. Our God is able. Able to do what? Able to do whatever needs to be done in this world so that his kingdom would come, his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our God is able. No problem can stop him. No obstacle can thwart him. No circumstance can worry him. No outcome confuses him. Our God is able. Oh, in a Baptist church, we're getting an amen. I love this. Come on. Now, I know what wages war against that idea. The circumstances in which we find ourselves, the prayers that have not yet been answered, the way we desperately ache that they would can make us tend to doubt or question this truth. But I wanna remind you of where Paul wrote these words. He was in chains, he's in prison, suffering, persecuted by the Roman Empire, waiting to die. But Paul did not write, for this reason, I kneel before the Father in heaven and pray that out of his glorious riches that he will get me out of this jail cell so I can go do something about it. That's not what he wrote. Paul says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. See, there's that same level of intimacy that Pastor Ryan talked about the first week when he's talking about the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, he's talking about this idea of this intimacy with the Father. 
Our Father who art in heaven. So here, Paul draws us again to this place of intimacy. My dad's got this. Amen. That out of his glorious riches, I might find my strength through the power of his spirit. Why? Because our God is able. What do I need to know about God if I'm going to pray to him? Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work with him, to him be the glory. And Paul is saying it like this. It's almost like Paul is saying, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you're about to underestimate God. That you would, I'm going to, you're going to think too little of him as you, as you go through life and the circumstances seem like they're, they're flooding in and overwhelming you and, and everything around you seems like it's hopeless and helpless. But I, I want to let you know, I, I want you to really clearly understand this truth. I want to make it abundantly clear, Paul is saying. I want to hit you between the eyes with this truth. This is what he keeps saying. How God is able... Let's deconstruct this just for a little moment in this passage. Our God is able, it says in this verse, to do or to work. You see, we were reminded last week by Pastor Joe that our God is not a, a cosmic bystander. He's not a cosmic watchmaker who, who wound it up, made it all, and then just let it go and, and waits till it runs out of time. That's not our God. Our God is able to do He's active. He's involved. He gets his hands dirty in the world in which he created and lovingly made. Our God is able, but he's able for more than that. Our God is able to do whatever we ask. Now, that's a great thing. He's able to do whatever you and I ask of him. An interesting concept. James, in fact, says a lot of the times you don't have because you don't ask. I wonder how many of us get into a moment in our prayer life where we even forget to ask. Our God is able to do, but he's bigger than that. Not just of what we ask, he's able to do the stuff we imagine that we don't even think about asking about. But he's bigger than that. He's not just able to do most of what we ask or imagine. Our God is able to do all. All that we ask or imagine. And yet our God is bigger than that. He is not just able to do all we ask or imagine. He is able to do more than we ask or imagine. And yet he's bigger than that. He's not able just to do a little bit more. He's able to do, Paul says, immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. Paul literally makes up a word in Greek to emphasize this. He's kind of like saying, I know, I know, I know. And you're probably sitting there going, oh, John, John, I get it. Our God is able. Yeah, I got it. I got that the first time you started with that. We've been going, you know, like 10 minutes now. And you're still talking about the same thing. I'm going to talk about the same thing 30 minutes. 
Why? Because Paul wants us to really not just wash over the top of this to go, oh yeah, I get it. He's, he's saying, you need to understand our God is able not just to do the stuff that you ask for, but He is able. He's more than able to do that. He's able to do the stuff that you don't even imagine yet. And He's not just able to do that. He's able to do all of it. And it's immeasurably more than you can even think or imagine. There is nothing that is consistent with his character that our God cannot do. And we need to camp out on this for a little while today because you know what? We swim in a world, we swim in a culture that says that the real forces that move reality are the political forces or the economic forces or the forces of scientific discovery and education. But I want to let you know they're limited to human power. So that even if you believe there is a God, our culture is just going to push him off to the sidelines to be that cosmic bystander, and I don't want you to do that. You're not going to pray very much if you don't actually believe in the deepest place of your heart that God is able. You'll not believe our God is able if you haven't spent a lot of time understanding what he's like. So we're going to spend just a little time reflecting, reflecting on, on, on who God is in our scripture. I've put the Bible verses in there that you can go to in your own time to read back over and reflect on some of these stories I'm just going to highlight on our way through. God is able to say, let there be light. And there was. All the physical universe came into being because God willed it to be so. There was no strain on him. It wasn't tuckered out by the end of it. The greater the universe, the greater the one who is able to create it. Do you understand? When, when I was studying a Bachelor of Human Movement degrees in another lifetime at University of Queensland, I remember looking and going into all the anatomy labs and that, and we'd, we'd dissect and pull stuff apart and have a look at all these bypasses. I couldn't help but thinking how amazing our God is. It seems to me like the more we discover, all that more tells me is how great he is, honestly. There's stuff we don't even know about him. Yeah, we had to discover it. But our God, this God who build it all, put it all together, is able. He's able to create it. And our problem is that we think that we live in a great big universe with a little God. The reality the Bible describes is a great big God with a little universe. He's able to run the whole thing and it's no strain at all to him. Our God is able. The Bible teaches us that he's able to interact with and suspend the laws of nature anytime he wants because he created them. He's able to part a body of water so the Israelites could walk across it into their freedom, into their calling. He's able to calm a storm on a sea by just uttering the words, peace be still. He is the Lord over time that when Israel, under the leadership of Joshua, needed a little longer in the battle that he stopped the sun and held the day still. 
Anybody here wish the Lord had stopped the day or do you want him to speed it up? (laughs) Depends on the day. Our God is able to bring deliverance from impossible situations. Some of you face some impossible situations right now. I want to remind you that our God is able. He is able to deliver Daniel from the lion's den. He is able to deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. Anybody here need deliverance? Our God is able. Not just that, our God is able to provide. He gave manna to feed his people for 40 years in the desert. He's able to bring water out of a rock. He's able to take two fish and five loads and feed 5,000 people and still have 12 baskets full left over. Our God is able to provide for your every need. Our God is able to forgive our sin. Now, if you think about that one just for a moment, you think of what it means to be guilty right before a righteous God, right? I think about the guilt that just gets stirred up on me in a human level, let alone standing before a just and a holy and a righteous God who's never sinned. And you think the mess that we've made of this world, but our God can forgive. Our God is able in Jesus to become human, to suffer on a cross, to pay the price, to go into the depths, to rise again on the third day, to forgive us our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our God is able. You see, trusting in God, it's it's not a gamble. This isn't a lottery of hope that you might win. It's not a lucky thing to win and just bail you out of the circumstances you're in. Our God is able. He's able to heal, restore sight to the blind, make lame people walk, cleanse the leper and raise the dead. Our God is able. Have you ever seen him at work in these ways? When it does, it ignites a fire in your heart. I remember being on a mission trip in Malaysia with Pastor Tong at the time. And we were out in the the village regions and they'd called all these villages, been together for us to be able to pray. And that was the first time I ever saw a totally blind eye opened, just healed and made eye clean to see again, right before my eyes turned from completely pale white all over. I don't know what the issue was, but afterwards, perfectly brown eye, able to see. Our God is able. (laughs) Catch up with the Gurkis, our our friends from Thailand who are back now on home territory with us. Welcome home to the Gurkis. Great to have you home. Talk to them about seeing dead people raised to life. This is the sort of stuff that you realize our God is able, and it's not just some biblical fiction of a long time ago. It's accessible and open to us today in the right now. Our God is able. None of his power has diminished. 
This is the nature of God to provide, to make a way, to heal, to restore, to renew. Our God is able. able. Hebrews puts it like this. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power has not diminished. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive and well and available to you today through his Holy Spirit. He's able to take that marriage that's been devastated by betrayal and hurt and hatred and put it back together. He's able to take a man who's been disgraced and undone by scandal and sin and make him into a new creature. He's able to come alongside that family who's been devastated by the news of terminal illness so that they can now face the future with a truth and a hope that death doesn't get the last word. He's able to heal brokenness. He's able to reconcile relationships. He's able to give wisdom. He's able to provide meaning. He's able to breathe hope. And he's able to raise Jesus Christ from the dead and promise of a resurrection to this sorry, dark, and dying world. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church in Christ forever and ever. Amen. But there's a really important point I want you to understand. It's an important part of God's character that comes into play right at this moment. Because I think a lot of us, even if you're not walking in a personal relationship with Jesus right at this moment, a lot of us, a lot of people would be able to say, I get it, if there is a God, if there is a God, then that God, it stands to reason, is able to do extraordinary things. Otherwise, he's not much of a God, right? I'm just not sure he's able to do them for me. I don't know, maybe my faith is too weak, some of you will be uttering under your breath. Maybe my life is too messed up. Maybe I don't talk with him enough. Maybe I'm not spiritual enough. Maybe my motives are too impure and it will keep going and going and going. But here's the amazing thing that Paul writes to the Ephesians when he's praying for them. He says, our God is able and this is for you. Your God is able. Our God is able. Paul says, I pray that he might strengthen you with the power of his spirit through your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts not somebody else's through their faith. Now this is the power, this is the authority, this is the Lord who created the whole of the universe. And Paul says, I pray that you might know this reality because so often we just don't get it. Our God is big enough to run the whole universe and yet he's intimate enough to care enough to dwell in every human heart, your heart, a broken, inadequate, messed up, unspiritual heart like yours and mine, he still comes to. And you can ask him and he'll do that today. Almost too good to be true, but don't fall for that lie. It is. 
Faith is the currency that moves heaven. And Paul says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. That you being rooted and established in love may have power. So now this is what's so striking. This is what takes us to a whole nother level of depth. We know that we can bring all our circumstances to God, right? I wonder if we took a, a little time log of the things we pray for, the prayer inventory would look you know, a lot like the, the, the surface stuff, the stuff we, we would pray about, the bank, the boss, the box full of bills, all the rest of it, okay? Fine, no problems. Pray about those things, that's good. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but that's not the prayer here. This is a totally deeper level. Paul goes on in verses 17, second half of through to 19. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ that you may know this love that surpasses knowledge that you might be filled with the full measure of the fullness of God. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power And it's kind of like this paradoxical statement that then you might come to know this love that surpasses knowledge. (laughs) To know is not just to know about, not just give intellectual ascension to, but that you might know the love that nobody could ever know that is beyond human ability to understand this type of love. Our faith gives us access to God's power, but it's anchored and motivated in and through his love. What a loving God. It's not just that he's powerful, it's not just that he is able, but he is a being who is immersed in love that he is incapable of not loving. God is love. And I need you to understand, I need you to remember today that it's his love that allows you access to his power and it's his power in which he is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ever think, hope or imagine. It's his love that's calling you in. There's the invitation which you're RSVP. Sometimes even in churches, People say stuff like, isn't it amazing that God would love somebody like me? No, it's not. It would be amazing if he didn't love somebody like you. Because he's so full of love. We take this false humility sometimes, oh, he'd love somebody just like me. Of course he loves somebody like you. He loves somebody like the biggest wretch in all of the world. I guarantee that's not you. Paul says it was him, we'll blame him. But God's love is so immense. God knows the goodness that it is to live and the reality of love to desire what is best for all of his creation. And it's not about how lovable we are, it's about how loving he is. And if any of us would give just even half a chance and sometimes we won't, but if we will, God loves and love wins. 
Love is the flag that flies where Jesus resides in the heart. And God is able today, right now. His love is the invitation to access the power because our God is able. But here's the deal. Our talking about that or even affirming it doesn't know, doesn't mean that we know it. Not in the way that Paul is talking about here. What Paul means is that we would experience his love and that means to do it, that we would live in it. So we're going to do what Paul said as a church, yeah? We're going to kneel before the Father and we're going to pray. And the question is, where do you want to see God at work in your life? He's not only able, he's willing. Even Satan thinks he's able, but he's willing. We covered that last week. We tag on that little wonderful phrase, if it is your will, it's his will. If it's consistent with his word and it's consistent with his character, he's not only able, he's willing. Sooner or later, or perhaps right now, you're facing a situation that involves maybe a deep level of disappointment. We can be in prayer for our children's pastor, Pastor Emily. She rang me last night and only found out yesterday that her mum's got this cancer that's growing out of control. There's scans from one week to the next in which it's just going berserk. She left this morning with her sister. Her brothers are flying in from other parts of Australia to go be with her. You just don't know. You don't know the, the deep level of disappointment or pain or grief or hurt that will most likely involve an outcome that is desperately important and that you can't control. And I need you to know that this will be a, a test of your joyful confidence in God, that He is able and that He loves you and that He's willing. There is no circumstance that can put you outside of His care, outside of His love. And this will be a test of your joyful confidence. And everybody has a test at some stage. So where's your joyful confidence in God being tested right now? Whatever you're carrying, and I don't, I don't know how to tell you this deeply enough. Whatever has brought you in here, whatever your deepest longing is, and I don't know what that is. And I don't know when, and I don't know how, but I do know our God is able. It tells me. It's gonna be up to whether I believe it or not. It's gonna be up to whether I, I wanna bring it to Him or not. It's up to whether out of His invitation of love, I invite him in to do what he's able to do. Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.